Well, hello everyone. Hi, Shan babies. Hello, new listeners. It's your host, Shannon, for this very fun episode of Shan on Vampires. I'm very excited about today's subject because I have just watched a few videos recently, like movies, sorry, not videos, about vampires, and I have some thoughts and onions about (laughs) how they're portrayed in the media. To start off, why are we talking about this? Well, because vampires I have been interested in for a very long time. I don't really remember the first, like, experience with vampires, like, definitely from movies, Um, But my earliest one that I can remember being, like, very interested in them would be from the movie Van Helsing in 2004. That wasn't when I saw it for the first time, but that's just when the movie came out. I remembered where I got it. We were visiting my parents' friends, and she would always buy us, like, a little gift or something, like a DVD or something um, that we wanted. So I picked out Van Helsing, not knowing much about it, just that it looked interesting, and Hugh Jackman was in it. Well, when I watched it, I loved it. It was really good. I still love it. It's super cheesy. It's technically not the best movie ever made, but it brings me so much joy and the vampires in it are portrayed exactly how I want them to be. Then I can't even complain. It's just so good. I do have to say that I did read Twilight and I have seen all the movies. Like I read all the books and I watched all the movies and I did like them at the time. Now I would not go back to watch them or read them. I do like the last movie though, like the battle scene. That's mainly because of the battle scene. I really like when vampires are evil. When they're good, it's kind of annoying because it's like, you're supposed to be scary. You're supposed to eat people. Like, But I do like the fact that they sparkled. Like, I know everyone hates that fact, but I just thought it was cool that, like, they didn't die in the sunlight and they could actually do stuff during the day. Just had to be kind of secretive about it. I just thought that was a very cool touch to put on them. I am very particular with my vampires. I think I like the fact that they can be, like, these beautiful creatures that just turn into these beautiful monsters they're like horrible people obviously they eat people they drink their blood they kill people like they're bad monsters but then they're so beautiful to look at a lot of people are like that in real life i think there'd be a great if vampires were real they would make a really good housewives series that's all i'm saying or a house husband i guess because like i feel like the men are much more dramatic than the women but that could be debated. But yeah, in Van Helsing, I just really love the fact that, like, Dracula was this, like, kind of older man, like, in his 50s. He was, like, suave, charismatic, he was stylish and cool-looking, and then he turned into this very awful rock-and-roll, almost, vampire that was, like, a creature rather than a human. His brides were very beautiful, but then they turned into the vampires, and they still were pretty humanized, but then Dracula's vampire was just, like, a beast. It's a good movie regardless. Everyone should see it. So, as I said in my last episode, Wikipedia is going to be my best friend for this because it's easy, has a lot of general information. If I feel like uh, getting more information, then that shouldn't be an issue. So, a little bit of history about them is that vampires have been recorded in most cultures, which um, reminds me of how every religion has like a story about um, a big flood happening and like wiping out the world or like making a cleanse or something of the people. Like it's interesting that every culture has um, their own version of a vampire. How did all these people come up with the concept of an undead being needing to feast on human flesh or not flesh, I guess, blood to keep themselves alive? So, traditionally vampires are creatures from folklore that exist by feeding on vital essences of the living, which use usually blood. 
The charismatic and sophisticated vampire of modern fiction was born in 1819 with the publication of The Vampire, um, spelt with a Y, by an English writer named John Polidori. Uh, the most famous of all the vampires would probably be Bram Stoker's 1897 novel, Dracula, has spun off a lot of tales, stories, works of art, movies, TV shows, etc. around the character. Even the ideas of vampirism have existed for thousands of years. Cultures such as the ancient Greeks, Hebrews, and Romans have all had tales of demons and spirit which could be considered the blueprint to modern day vampires. Despite these cultures, it has mainly been since the early 18th century of southeastern Europe where verbal traditions of many ethnic groups were recorded and published about vampires. These tales focused on vampires who were the undead, spirit-possessing corpses, or they were accused of being witches, suicide victims, or just the good old-fashioned getting bit and turning into a vampire. These groups actually took these legends very seriously and a bit too seriously that it caused a mass hysteria and public executions of people believed to be vampires. So I guess kind of like the whole Salem witch trials. Now, the next section on Wikipedia was the description and common attributes, which is like one of my favorite things about vampires is just like their lore, I guess, of how they look and how they act. Again, like the idea of like a beautiful person who's like so charming, you just want to get to know them and then they turn into an evil, terrible person. Not even a person, like a creature. Traditionally, there has not been one way for a vampire to look, um, but there are a lot of attributes that are a common theme amongst vampires. For example, in my mind, when I think of vampires, I think of tall, pale. Pale does not mean white, by the way. I can be pale despite having melanin in my skin. But then they turn into, like, their teeth grow, they get crazy eyes, you know, wings or the ability to fly, at least. That's just how I like them. However, traditionally, vampires were actually kind of darker and not in skin color, but because they were supposedly um, bloated from drinking blood. Um, and I think the more common vampire, as I mentioned before, was um, popularized with Bram Stoker's Dracula. Back to the history, a lot of these cultures were very scared of their loved ones coming back from the dead to haunt them or the living world. And there are a few ways of how one could become a vampire. In Slavic and Chinese traditions, any corpses that were jumped over by an animal, especially a dog or a cat, was feared to become one of these undead creatures. I don't know how the two are associated with each other, but we will just not think about it too much. Another thing was that if a body with a wound that had not been treated with boiling water was also at risk. In Russian folklore, vampires were said to have been witches or people who rebelled against the Russian Orthodox Church while they were alive. Which, in my mind, makes me think of the whole vampires can't go on to sacred properties or they're afraid of the cross and, like, holy water and stuff. Which makes sense of why that's a common attribute if you assume people who go against the church are going to turn to these creatures. You would assume they are afraid of the church. So some of the ways that people thought they could prevent vampires from becoming created, I suppose, was to do these uh, different cultural practices. One of these was to bury a corpse upside down. I don't know why, or planting earthly objects such, a, such as skies or sickles, like what the Grim Reaper holds, so that the demons would feel better and not want to raise from their coffins. Again, I don't understand the logic to this, but I'm not going to question it too much. These people believed in vampires and believed it would help them. All the power to them. I think it's they said it was kind of like ancient in ancient Greece, when they would put the coin in the corpse's mouth so that they could cross the river Styx and 
not to come back to just wander around. They were like happy in the dirt with their sickles. They didn't need to come out and try and steal them from the people. I'm just guessing at this point. So another practice in Europe was to uh, sever the tendons at the knees so that the vampires could not rise up and walk around. Another thing that they would do also in ancient China and uh, these Eastern European countries were to place poppy seeds, rice, or sand in the ground of the grave um, because they thought the vampire would be distracted from, like, distracted all night by counting the, like, the grains of sand or the seeds, the rice. Apparently, people would associate vampires with arithmomania which when i googled it was like that form of ocd where people focus on the counting aspect like you know when they need to like a switch three times before entering a room i think it's that kind of idea of what they thought vampires had they like to count which when i was doing my research i was like hey on sesame street the vampire count i don't remember his name is it just the count he likes to count things and he's a vampire is wondering maybe they get that from ancient traditions or is that just coincidence Either way, I thought it was a cool little touch. Ooh, so the next section, identifying vampires. There were a lot of rituals that were used to identify a vampire. One of these um, methods, for some reason, to find vampire's grave was to uh, lead a virgin boy through a graveyard of a church grounds upon a virgin stallion. The horse was supposed to balk at the grave of the vampire. Why they'd use a virgin boy or a virgin horse? That is a good question. Again, I'm not going to question their practices. They thought it would help. Another telltale sign was just holes appearing on the earth over a grave. Um, if that happened, they assumed a vampire lived there. Which, honestly, fair enough. Why would someone go and dig into a grave unless they were there to rob it or to escape? Protection. Always use protection. There are a bunch of different items in vampire folklore that have been used to ward them off or to protect you against them. Garlic is a common example. Wild rose and hawthorn are also said to harm vampires. In Europe, for some reason, again, we are not going to question it. They would spread mustard seeds on the roof of their house to keep them away as well. Other items we've heard about a lot are the crucifix, a rosary, or holy water. They also said vampires cannot walk on church grounds um, or temples, and for some reason, running water. I don't know why, because if you could fly, you could just fly over it, but who knows? The idea that vampires don't have a reflection or a shadow was actually made popular with Bram Stoker, and it wasn't a universal trait that vampires had. Another tradition that was told was that vampires cannot enter a house unless invited by the owner, but after that first invitation, they could come and go as they please. Traditionally, they were also not vulnerable in sunlight. They were just more active at night, which I personally like because it makes it more spookier because it's at night. So what do we do after we protect ourselves against these vampires? Well, we have to destroy them. We have to kill them. We have to make sure they never come back. We have to get rid of them. The most common way to do that was to stake them, as in put a stake through their heart, which, if you know, because you've watched Buffy the Vampire Slayer, was like her preferred method. It was easy, quick, and they would just explode into dust. If you've never seen Buffy, I highly recommend it. It's a really good show, even if you don't like vampires. The characters are very good. The stories are very good. The makeup is pretty good for the 90s. Um, and Sarah Michelle Gellar just kicks ass, and we love it. Another popular method to get rid of vampires was to decapitate them, which was very popular in Germany and 
the Western Slavic areas. I don't know if that means um, that's what they would do to people they thought they were vampires, or if that's what they told in their tales about, about vampires. I really hope they didn't just decapitate random people on the street that they thought might potentially be a vampire because they were a little paler and had sharp teeth. After they were to decapitate these vampires, they would uh, the head should be buried between the feet or behind the butt or just overall away from the body. And this was a way to make sure that the departure of the soul was hastened. Again, I don't know if this was before they thought they were vampires or to stop them from becoming vampires. Either way, kind of gross. If they were in fact to capture a vampire, the vampire's head, body, or clothing would be spiked and or pinned to the ground so that the they could not rise anymore. Which I kind of like this idea that the possessed body, like even if they're in the body, they can't physically get it to move like a puppet or something. I don't know, in my mind it's just a cool concept. This spirit is trapped in this body because like that's what they would believe. It was the spirit had gone into this corpse and then they reanimated the corpse. The spirits can't move the corpse and they can't go anywhere. If that makes sense... I hope it does. Another way to get rid of vampires was to pour boiling water over their body or just to straight up incinerate it. No body, no problem. Just kidding. No body, no vessel for the spirit to inhabit. (laughs) Apparently during the 18th century, this was the age of enlightenment. So people stopped believing so much in folk legends. They stopped believing in mythology. But for some reason... (laughs) They started to really believe in vampires and their beliefs increased dramatically, which um, is the reason for the result in the mass hysteria that happened in most of Europe. Fast forward to the modern times, vampires tended to go from the like undead body that was possessed by spirit to the more suave charismatic villains that we know now. They are a fixture in popular culture which started in the 18th century and continued on until now. Before, there wasn't really one way to portray a vampire, but as the use of them progressed, so did their defining features, such as fangs, a vulnerability to sunlight. Dracula was result- was responsible for the teeth and fangs. Uh, Nosferatu was responsible for them fearing daylight. So the idea of a cloak or cape that the vampires would wear um, was in a stage production of in the 1920s, um, where they had a very high collar and introduced by uh, Hamilton Dean, a playwright, to help Dracula vanish on stage. Another feature is immortality that was uh, presented in more recent folklore. Dracula is the character that has been in the most films second to Sherlock Holmes. The first portrayal of Dracula was in a 1922 movie. However, they were unable to use the name Dracula because Bram Stoker's uh, widow said no. In 1921, Universal's Dracula was the first talking film to portray our favorite villain. He was played by Bella Lugosi. Christopher Lee has also portrayed this vampire many a times. He portrayed it in an original movie that had seven sequels afterwards. He starred in five of those sequels. Other popular shows that I've mentioned before were Buffy the Vampire Slayer, True Blood, Vampire Diaries, there's lots of movies such as uh, Van Helsing, Underworld, I just watched, what was it? I tried to watch the movie Priest. It was awful, do not watch it. I could not even finish it halfway through. Yeah, I watched that Quentin Tarantino where they're all vampires in that bar. That was a lot to process and 
there's a young George Clooney in it, which is great. Um, he's covered in tattoos. Selma Hayek's in there being sexy and dancing around on tables, uh, eating people. It was uh, an interesting movie, to say the least. And there's just so many other like movies, TV shows, etc. that have vampires in them. I personally just really love Dracula and any portrayal of him because he's always suave and nice but then he's also very mean and evil and crazy and overall manipulative i recently watched the bbc movie or not movie sorry the bbc miniseries that had three episodes about dracula it was an interesting take on the story it wasn't my favorite i really enjoyed the first couple episodes but then the last episode i was like eh, this is weird but okay another show i rec or sorry another movie that i recommend is what we do in the shadows from taika watiti and jermaine clements which is a fun comedy movie it's kind of a mockumentary style so kind of like the office or parks and rec where they have three vampires very funny well for r.i.p peter but it's very good. I recommend it. It's funny. My dad is the one who made me watch it. He could not stop talking about that movie. He laughed very much when he was trying to describe it to me. And eventually we watched it. And it was really good. And I'm glad he made me watch it. Because I don't think I would have. Because I don't like to watch things people push on me. But I'm glad he did. And he never watches movies twice. Well, he doesn't like to watch them twice. But he did want to watch this one multiple times. And then we're back to my favorite movie, Van Helsing. Which is just... Full of dramatics, costumes, theater, monsters is great. I love it. It's really good. If you like that kind of stuff, just go watch it for the sake of the movie, not to see like it's not an Oscar worthy movie. I get it, okay? Just just go watch a movie to have fun. Not everything needs to be analyzed and criticized. Just let yourself enjoy it and let Hugh Jackman speak to you. Especially spoiler alert, werewolf Hugh Jackman. I think that's enough talk about vampires for right now. I hope that this was not too boring, and I hope that it was an okay first full episode. Um, I'm still getting the hang of reading my research in a fun way that isn't just me reading my notes. It's kind of hard with vampires because it's not they're not a real thing, so it's not like I have experiences with them. But you never know. I do wish all the time that I could be a vampire, and I make all my Sims turn into vampires. So maybe one day. Yeah, I really hope you enjoyed this episode. I had fun recording it. I had fun doing the research and it's just getting me energized to talk about the things that I really enjoy talking about. And I always felt like, oh, no one wants to listen to this. But you know what? If you're listening to this, thank you. I hope you consider subscribing. Rate, comment, subscribe, please. Um, if not, that's fine too. Anyways, I've ranted on too long at this point. I will end it now. This is Shannon saying goodbye. I hope to see you on the next episode of Shan On to see what my opinions and thoughts are on the next subject, which is yet to be decided. All the best. XOXO, Shan Mom.